0: Law Enforcement Today radio show. I'm your host. My name is John J. Wiley. In addition to being a radio broadcaster, I'm a retired Baltimore Police Sergeant. In most episodes of the Law Enforcement Today radio show, we'll be joined by special guests. We'll be talking about issues that affect law enforcement officers, both active and retired, their families, friends and supporters. We'll also be discussing incidents in the news from the perspective of those in law enforcement. Visit our website, lawenforcementtoday.com, and be sure to like and follow us on Facebook. Search for Law Enforcement Today. This episode of Law Enforcement Today brought to you by Galls.com. We're thrilled to have them on board, sponsoring episodes of our podcast and radio show, sponsoring our app, lots of great things.
1: And and you know me, my big feeling is to support those who support law enforcement, and Galls has stepped up the plate. They're supporting us. And we need to support them.
0: And they've been in business for 50 years, 50 years serving first responders and law enforcement community. They're industry leaders. They've got a huge online catalog, everything you could ever want.
1: You know, you always uh, hear about the word galls. We spoke about this years ago. I was ordering from them at a catalog and didn't even know who they are. And now we know who they are. And again, like you said, 50 years in business.
0: Goals.com. Check them out. Their catalog is spectacular. Everything from like a retired guy like me to active guy like Robert, men, women. They've got everything you could ever need between tactical gear, clothing, footwear, badges, handcuff keys. They got everything. Also, be sure to check them out on Facebook and Instagram. In the studio at Glades Media. Gotta kind of give them a plug every now and then. No, absolutely. That's where my day job is. And they let us use their radio studios here. It's in West Palm beach, Florida. I'm John J. Wiley joining me like always. Good friend sitting
1: right next to you as usual, J. Robert Greenberg in the booth.
0: Now I say, as always, you're going out of town soon. So like most of the time, most of the time, like most of the time I can do these shows by myself and I've done a few. It's just
1: me. You know, me, me thinking outside the box for a minute. If they don't want to do anything here at glades media and, uh, maybe hang some meat in this room, we could, uh, store some of, uh, some beef in here
0: folks have you ever been around a friend who (laughs) finds a way to find something negative and complain about something it's either too cold or it's too hot it's like the the goldilocks and three little bears or the three big bears whatever it was three big bears too hot too cold just right robert for him it's never right uh joining us on the phone eli crane calling from tucson arizona eli how are you I'm great, guys.
2: Thanks for having me on the show.
0: So glad you are here. Eli Crane, if the name sounds familiar to you, he's a a former Navy SEAL. He's, I guess you say, CEO of bottlebreacher.com, was on the television show Shark Tank. First of all, thank you for your service to our country. I appreciate it. I grew up in a Navy family, and I deeply appreciate your
2: service. Well, thank you, guys. I really appreciate that. It means a lot to me.
0: I uh, spent most of my childhood in Norfolk, Virginia Beach were you ever stationed out there Oceana that area or little creek
2: uh no sir when i was in the seals i was always stationed on the west coast in coronado san diego
0: okay all righty you were born and raised in arizona correct that's correct yeah and you wound up being a navy seal like living in the water all the time how do you go from being surrounded by desert your entire childhood to being a, a seal
2: that's a great question. I think it's something that draws a lot of us that grow up in warm environments. Maybe it was just me, but I was always drawn to the ocean. You know, just the beauty and the power of it was always really, I don't know, man, it really got my attention. It really captivated me. And it was, um, so I always loved going to San Diego as a kid. And it was pretty cool because my dad gave me a piece of advice when I was in college. Actually, Earlier in high school, he said, You know, Eli, the trick to being happy in your career is to pick something in life you would do for free. I remember being just captivated by the ocean, and, you know, I had strong, really strong emotions to patriotism in this country. And so I started thinking about it being a Navy SEAL, diving, jumping, shooting guns, going after bad guys. That sounded like something I would do for free. And so that's kind of what led me to uh, the Navy and then the uh, SEAL teams.
0: I could see a lot of that would be very appealing to me, all oh, except for the swimming and really cold water part for long distances. I've watched those Bud's things on television. How do you guys do that, extremely cold water? It's something like five miles. How, do you, how does one do that?
2: Well, I happen to be really fortunate um, in the fact that I'm a little bit chubbier than the average guy, and so that, that gives me a leg up. <laughs> Believe it or not, body fat has a lot to do with it, and i'm I'm not saying you want to go in there and be like a Pillsbury dough boy, but you can see you can see the guys that are a little bit skinnier. One of the biggest ways uh they try and get rid of you is with evolution's called surf torture now they call it surf conditioning because we're a kindler gentler <laughs> navy, but the skinnier guys with less body fat have a really tough time their their core temperature drops faster. Than those of us that have a little bit extra body fat, and so I remember a couple of my buddies that were just stellar students and stellar performers during surf torture time. They'd be like, "Hey Eli, (laughs) I'm going to come get next to you during surf torture." (laughs) I'm like, "Yeah, bring bring it on in, man, bring it on in." So I never really liked getting cold or wet like anybody like anybody else, but it didn't bother me as bad as it did some of the guys and. For me, running with the boats on our head was by far, hands down, the worst evolution there. And I used to always think to myself, as long as I'm not running with that boat on my head, you know, keep me in this water all day long.
1: Well, it's it's interesting because everybody that I've spoken to that has experienced what you have always has their nightmare. A lot of it's the uh, the water. Yours is the boat, but everybody, it's different for every seal that I've spoken to.
2: Yeah, you know, it's like, and that's the thing about that program is that sooner or later, you know, they will find your weakness and they will exploit it. And that's why, you know, they'll tell you before you go there that it's 90% mental and it's 10% physical because everybody, everybody that shows up there has the physical capability to make it through that program. But not everybody, unfortunately, has the mental fortitude. And you'll see a lot of you'll see a lot of young men show up there that were the best athlete and the homecoming queen, or excuse me, sorry, the homecoming king. And you know they'll show up there and they they've succeeded and excelled at everything their whole life. And so when they do, when their weakness is exposed and they get called out and they get the instructors swarm swarm on them like a shark, you know. They don't know how to fail and they don't know how to deal with the harassment. And that's a lot of time where you start to see the wheels fall off. And, you know, like I said, everybody's got weaknesses. Sooner or later you will be exposed. And hopefully if you've done a good enough job being a good teammate to the other people in your class and the other people in your boat crew, they'll pick up on, Hey, you know, Eli's really having a tough time right now, or, you know, Tom really needs help. Let's rally around him. let's encourage him, you know? And so, You know, you really start to build up some thick skin while you're in that program. And you also really start learning to rely on your brothers, which is so key.
1: At what age did you make that conscious decision that I'm going to be SEAL?
2: I was about 19 years old. And I remember when I kind of had the realization I was actually in a Barnes and Noble and I was reading a bunch of military books, and I was actually reading some law enforcement books. I was going through a criminology associate's degree at Arizona Western College, and I was really, for the first time in my life, I was actually in the school because I was I was studying stuff that actually fascinated and interested me. And so I was reading, I was going through the military section at Barnes & Noble, and I pulled a Navy SEAL book, and I was just looking, and I was like, wow, this looks so awesome. And then I, I have a very pragmatic mind, so I saw a page in there that had the minimum requirements for the PST the seal screening test and I looked at it and I said wow 6 pull ups 42 push ups a mile and a half run I think it was like 11:30 a uh, 500 meter swim and like 12:30 and I started going through the minimums and I was like you know what that doesn't seem like just so ridiculous that you have to be Superman to do it. I I bet if I trained for a little while, I could actually get those numbers. And so that's when I was like, wow, you know, maybe even I could do this. And so I started training a little bit. And, um, that's when I made the decision that, Hey, I can do what my dad told me. I could do something that I would do for free. I can be, you know, I can serve my country. I can really test myself and find out who I am. And, uh, you know, it just had everything that I was looking for. And so I, at, that, at that time, I set my sights on becoming a SEAL.
0: Well, it's very admirable. And, and uh, again, thank you so much. And that goes to anybody who serves in the armed for forces. Sure. And I had the pleasure of working with some uh, former Navy SEALs in the Baltimore Police Department. And I'll tell you right now, and I mean this with, with sincere respect, those cats are a different breed. Just, I'm just going (laughs) to put it right there. They are a different breed. When you were talking about going through BUDS training and that we all have weaknesses, and if you were a good teammate, the rest of your teammates and brothers would try to help fill in with their strengths where your weaknesses are and vice versa. And when you said about doing something you would like to do even for free, that reminded me quite a bit of police work at least the reason why i went into it and that's how i felt about my brothers and sisters i work with where i had my weaknesses they were strong where i had strengths they may have weaknesses and we were a cohesive unit yeah we didn't get along every minute of every day
2: but we were close-knit and uh do you see similar parallels i absolutely do and it's kind it's been kind of cool for me you know to uh I, i i kind of consider myself as a young man kind of an idiot and kind of a punk. I remember <laughs> as a young man when when I you know first got my driver's license when I got pulled over by a cop. I had this I had this foolish attitude, like really, man, don't you got anything better to do? And it was like totally lacking any accountability. On what his job was, how hard it was, the fact that I was, in fact, breaking the law. And as I became a SEAL and spent years in the military, and then towards the end of my career, in many ways, I felt like a global police officer. You know, I really started to gain some resp- a lot of respect for, you know, what our law enforcement officers do. And it was just like, not only did it, did it, did it disappoint me in my earlier attitude, but as I came back, Now, you know, when I get pulled over by a cop, the first thing I'm thinking about is, well, Eli, this is 100% your fault. And when this guy pulls you over, pull all the way over, turn your car off, get your license and registration out, and then put your hands on the wheel so he knows that you're not a threat to him. And I started thinking as if I was the cop and how would I want to be treated in this situation? And everything is, yes, sir. You know, absolutely. Do you know why I pulled you over? Don't try and BS him because you know why he pulled you over, Eli, you were speeding. And so, you know, it was like, yeah, I do see a lot of, you know, a lot of similarities between the two jobs. And at the end of the day, it's a bunch of guys and gals, at least in the police force that get together every day. And they, they want to actually make a positive impact for the, the country, the world, or their community. And they have to feed and rely off each other to make it happen.
0: Very well said. We're going to take a short break. We're talking with Eli Crane, former Navy SEAL, CEO of BottleBreacher.com. But first, we've got to listen to some of our sponsors. You're
3: listening to Law Enforcement Today. We'll be right back. Remember in the beginning when you first started to build a life for you and your family? You never imagined it would come to this. Instead of living your dreams, you're living with debt. In fact, it's smothering you. Now there's a way you can take back control.
4: that's 800-948-6817.
5: Public safety professionals are regular people that heroically rush forward. Despite the fire or the storm, despite the worst of society and the undeserved contempt, they rush in to save, to protect, to hold our nation together. For more than 50 years, Galls has stood with our troops stationed abroad and with our nation's first responders who serve us here at home every day. GALS, proud to serve America's public safety professionals. Visit Galls.com today.
4: tax laws can help you. Plus, right now we'll waive the consultation fee and give you a free tax savings report. Attention business owners, the self employed, and W-2 workers. Make this free call to the tax doctor now and learn how to take advantage of the new tax laws that may help you pay the IRS less. 800-663-5107 800-663-5107 800-663-5107 That's 800-663-5107
1: Welcome back to Law Enforcement Today. Eli... You learned a lot, obviously, and, and a lot of what you say comes with maturity. And I've been down the same road and, and can relate to uh, your explanation about getting pulled over, because uh, certainly I got pulled over in my ute, too. So.
0: Oh, now you're throwing in more more of your. your, your <laughs> but I dialect. did that on purpose. That's my cousin Vinny coming out. <laughs> I did that on purpose. <laughs> your honor, two utes were running across I the street. I did that on purpose to
1: see if you're you'd breaking save. the lore. Uh, they're, they're always kept. Uh, I, I put ours in, uh, when they don't have ours and take ours out. That's all right.
0: We still love you, Robert. Yeah.
1: But, uh, obviously you've learned a lot and all the knowledge that you've gained through your life experience, uh, serving. What are the two things? One personally that, you know, you have gained knowledge through your experiences with the SEALs and also business wise, how has it helped you both personally and in the business world?
2: Yeah, so it's helped me, it's helped me big time and just kind of understanding who I am and what makes me tick. I've learned that it doesn't matter how successful. You know, I personally ever become, you know, how much money I make. If at the end of the day, if my life doesn't impact people in a positive way, if I'm not serving other people in some way, shape, or form, then it doesn't matter. You might as well give me $150 million a year. It's not it's not going to matter. None of it's going to matter unless I'm doing something that positively impacts people. So I think it's important that we learn early on what makes us tick. And uh, I definitely, through the military... And also now with Model Breacher have realized that I better be trying to bless other people in some way, shape or form, whether it's hiring, you know, people in the community, you know, hiring veterans, giving back to nonprofits, or whether it's putting on my kit and going out and hunting down bad guys. I've got to be doing something that in you know in my personal opinion is affecting people in a positive way that's definitely one. And then, you know, some of the things that I, I've taken, you know, from, from the military is just kind of how to, you know, how to process things. Like we say, we say around here, crawl, walk, run. And, you know, a lot of times in life, I feel like we try and jump into the deep end of things right off the bat and gets us into a lot of trouble. And I, you know, we've, we, uh, we used to actually say that in the SEAL teams before going on missions, you know when we were training and working up we would always crawl then we would walk and then we would run and what what that kind of looks like is if you were going to fast rope onto a ship at night and then clear the entire ship you would actually start that's what the run would be and you would start with a crawl and that crawl would be like a static no gear fast rope in, in the daylight with your guys, just getting used to the basic techniques. And then you would, you go into your, your, uh, walk portion where you would put your, your gear on, you know, and you would do that during the daytime just to, you know, remember how everything feels, you know, remember what the commands were. And then, you know, as you work your way up, you start adding, levels of difficulty to it to where you when you get where you're going, you know, everything is smooth and seamless. And I that's been really helpful in the uh, in the business world as well as not not trying to jump into the deep end right off the bat and kind of giving yourself some time to get familiar and comfortable with what you're about to do. Um, You know, that's just one of many things that uh, we take it from the military into um, the business world. And then I think also the teamwork aspect is a big deal as well. And understanding that, you know, by yourself, you're pretty useless and you're not going to be effective in the battlefield and you're not going to be effective in the boardroom or in business as well. And so just trying to constantly surround yourself with better, smarter people, you know, is something that I took from the SEAL teams and try and employ here at Bottle Breacher. Speaking of Bottle
1: Breacher, did you come up with the concept and the idea, and also did the brand and the company pivot at all? Were you starting out as one thing and then moved to another, or did you always have a clear vision of what Bottle Breacher is and where you wanted to take it?
2: That is a great question, and I didn't develop the 50 caliber bottle opener, so my little brother is a helicopter pilot in the Marine Corps, and he went on deployment to the Philippines in about 2009, and he brought me back a 50-caliber bottle opener. I thought it was one of the coolest things I'd ever received, and so did all my buddies when they'd come over to my place to have beers with me, and they were always like, Hey, Eli, where can I get one of these things? And I was like, Man, I don't know unless you go to the Philippines, because I've never seen them, and they had never seen them. And so I didn't create the, the initial concept. What we did was we took that really raw, generic, just plain piece of brass that opened your beer, and we took it, and we were like, What if we... What if we poured some gasoline on this thing? What if we put added some colors and what if we polished it up? And what if we did some different platings like high polished brass and chrome plated? What if we put logos on it? Like the the first thing we did was we took we, we started buying small stickers online of like police badges and uh, military units and American flags and we started putting those on um fifty caliber bottle openers that I was actually spray painting. So that's kind of how this thing started. And then when I saw the feedback that people were getting when, like, I, I painted plaque and put a Punisher skull on it or a police badge on it, people were freaking out over these things. They're like, dude, I need, I need you to make me one for every guy at my, you know, police unit, or I need you to make me one for every guy in my military unit. And that's kind of when the idea started that, hey, you know what, there's actually something here. Let me try and figure out how to blow this up and market it to every, you know, every guy and even every girl that, you know, doesn't find this product deplorable but is but likes bullets and likes drinking beer and loves the fact that her name's on the back. And so, you know, that's kind of how we started. And then once I saw the response from the initial product, I, I thought to myself, you know what, there's really something here. Maybe we could blow this up into, you know, a much bigger company where we have a bunch of different products. And, um, you know, that's kind of been our mission, you know, ever since we started the company. And it was funny because after the Shark Tank, people tried to put us in a little box and they, you know, they started saying, hey, hold on guys, you can't, you can't make posters. You you guys are the 50 caliber bottle opener guys, slow down. And, And I find that, you know, you'll find that in life a lot and we call them haters, you know, doubters you know, people that are because they couldn't do it, you know, and they all, a lot of people will constantly try and put us in a box. And it's only when you start believing, you know, the negativity that you really get stifled and get slowed down. And we never let that negativity get to us and we never let anybody else define us. And because of it, you know, we're one of the, uh, the top made in the USA, better known companies in the United States or, and I should say better known brands in the United States. So, you know, we're going to keep doing what we're doing, and uh, it's been pretty cool. We're going to come back,
0: and we're going to talk about Shark Tank. It's a show I never watched, but I did happen to watch a bit of it one time. And guess who was on it? Eli talking about bottle breacher and we're going to talk about some things coming up but i really want to talk about how one makes a transition from being a service person to a business owner and entrepreneur and uh, the mindset that goes with that we're gonna take a short break folks listen law enforcement today we'll be right back
5: public safety professionals are regular people that heroically rush forward Despite the fire or the storm, despite the worst of society and the undeserved contempt, they rush in to save, to protect, to hold our nation together. For more than 50 years, Gauls has stood with our troops stationed abroad and with our nation's first responders who serve us here at home every day. Galls, proud to serve America's public safety professionals. Visit Galls.com today.
1: Medicare rules are confusing. They should be. There are over 130,000 pages of regulations. There's Part A through D,
3: Medicare Advantage, and Medigap.
1: According to the CMS, there are government programs available that can help you pay for your medical expenses. Choosing the right Medicare plan is a really big deal. The wrong choice can cost you a lot of money, and the right choice can put more money in your pocket. Call one of our licensed representatives today. At 65 Plus Medicare, our free service can show you a plan that will maximize your Medicare benefits, ensure you are taking advantage of all available government assistance programs, and save you money. Plus, call right now and get a free report on how to avoid costly Medicare mistakes. Call now.
4: 877-249-6656. 877-249-6656. 877 249 877-24- nine six six five six that's eight seven seven two four
6: nine sixty six fifty six do you need a car been shopping only to be turned down because of bad credit low credit no credit bankruptcy or divorce guess what today's your lucky day because now you can buy a car truck or suv just about any vehicle it's true bad credit doesn't matter no credit doesn't matter Bankruptcy or divorce, it just doesn't matter. As a matter of fact, your job is your ticket to your new vehicle. We're Auto Credit Express, and we've helped thousands of people just like you. Antonio H. told us, great company, got me connected, and the day I went in, I drove off in the car I wanted. 100% worth your time. Need a car? Get started now and drive off as early as today. Just go to 3ignoreMyscore.com right now. That's www.the number 3ignoreMyscore.com. Auto financing the easy way. 3ignoreMyscore.com. Get started today. Auto financing the easy way.
0: We are back. We're talking with Eli Crane, former Navy SEAL. CEO, founder of bottlebreacher.com, and I believe you are doing this with your wife, is it Jen?
2: Yeah, my wife is my partner here, and uh, she's been an integral part of the company from day one.
0: One of the things that really intrigues me about your story is you were in the United States Navy, again, thanks. Mm-hmm. You were a Navy SEAL, you you have a mission-oriented mindset, you follow chain of command, all these other things, and then when you leave the military, somewhere along the way, you got the idea that, look, I, I want to be in business for myself. I think that way, yeah. Robert thinks that way, but there's a lot of people out there that go, I, I'm thinking of doing that too, I'm retiring from police work, I want to do something for myself, but I don't know what to do and I don't want to be a security guard. Tell us, and I, I know there's no real short way of saying it. How do you go from one role of being a mission-oriented service person to starting your own major company?
2: Well, I think the most important thing is mindset. Just like just like it was in the SEAL teams, I think if you want to be, become a successful entrepreneur, especially if you're coming out of the military, the biggest thing you have to really look at and you know have wired tight is your mindset. You know, I tell people all the time, I don't have a fancy MBA. Everything that I used to run this company with is just things that I picked up along the way, and more importantly, things that I've actually taken from the military and the SEAL teams and applied them to business, and so... I think a couple of those things that we could go over really quickly. I already talked about building out your team. That's probably one of the number one things that you're going to have to do if you want to build a successful business. And I'll tell you why. Because you as an individual, me as an individual, we're all honestly, if we, if we're being honest about it, we're all pretty lacking. Most of us are pretty decent in one or two areas and then we're not, we're pretty mediocre to poor in most areas. And so, you have to find individuals that are good to great at those other positions if you ever want to build anything of any size. So we covered teamwork, that's one of the most important things um, that you're going to have to that you're going to have to have in your mindset if you're going to be able to make that transition. The next thing that works really good that we were able to take from the military to entrepreneurship is an offensive mindset. You know, they, you hear all the time that people say that business is war. Well, there's a reason they say, it, and there's a lot of truth to it. It's not like the enemy in war where you're trying to constantly kill them, blow them up, shoot them, but you are trying to beat them. You're out, trying to outthink them and you're trying to outmaneuver them. And I, I find that a lot of times, you know, my training in special forces really helps me in entrepreneurship because I'm always trying, I have a rule that I always try and stay ahead of my enemy. I want them to react to me. I don't want to be reactive. And I learned that on the battlefield. We always picked when and where we fought. And we always tried to surprise our enemy. We tried to come in when they weren't expecting. We tried to be very unpredictable with how we were going to do it. And I noticed because of it, it was almost unfair. I mean, I can't tell you how many times on target, you know, we went in to get some bad guy. And there was never even a shot fired because they either were completely surprised Or they knew that by firing one round would be a complete death sentence to them and everyone around them. And so because we pick and choose where we fought and because we were staying on the offensive, you know, I found that that a lot of times is the best defense. And so I, I try and bring that into my business just by how we how quickly we develop new products, how quickly we put out new content and so many so many other ways. Those are a couple different things, but there's also so many more things that we take from special operations that we can throw right and and just the military and throw them right into business, like contingency planning. I learned that your contingency planning is just as important, if not more important, than your actual mission plan for how you want to carry out the mission. And the reason why is because in warfare and in business or on the streets as a police officer, most of the time when you're going to get some bad guy, the plan's going to go out the window really quick because he's either not going to be at the right target, you're going to get a flat tire, your radio's not going to work, whatever it is, things never go the way that they're planned. And if you don't have contingency plans in place, just like in your business, you're not going to go anywhere and you're going to be looking around like, what do I do now? Okay. And so that's something, those are some things right there that I can just pluck, you know, right off the tree and give you these things work in warfare. They work in business and there's a whole bunch more of them as well.
0: Robert is busy taking lots of notes. He's copying notes at a fevered pace. And I would imagine some of the things that come to mind, what's the old saying about like the fight game, whether it be MMA or, or boxing is that the best laid fight plans go out the window as soon as you're punched in the mouth. So, and with police work, I I don't know about Navy SEALs and special ops, but with police work, it never went as planned when we were in uniform patrol, it was one scenario, but when we worked like special operations or tactical squads or flex squads, we're gonna call them, we always try to do it on our terms, on our footing, and we always try to keep them on their heels, especially the organized, heavily armed drug gangs. It was, we don't want to do what's expected. So that I get, and the other thing I get out of this is it's better to fail many times early and get that over with and learn from those failures. And with business, you can learn from those failures with your prior line of work that could be life-changing that could be life-ending failures
2: absolutely and you just said something that you just said something so profound because this is probably the most important thing in mindset with going into business is resiliency you probably aren't just understanding that you're probably not going to hit it out of the park on your first attempt just like in you know baseball or you know me trying to become a navy seal there's a reason that 95% of businesses, small businesses fail because it's extremely, it's, it's extremely difficult. It's actually one of the most difficult things that you can do. And so if you have the mindset that, Hey, you know, just because this one's not working out doesn't mean that, you know, I'm not supposed to be an entrepreneur. I'm just going to take all the lessons learned from this first attempt and I'm going to roll them into the next one. And a lot of times, if you talk to a lot of successful entrepreneurs, you'll notice that there's a real trend. You know they can all they can all list off a lineage of failures and businesses they started that weren't the one they weren't the home run you know entrepreneur or business idea and so they just took those ideas the lessons learned they rolled them they kept rolling them into their you know the rolodex of knowledge and sooner or later they had that right idea and they built up enough of their own SOPs that you know were winners and that's when they finally got their break and so resiliency. And being okay with failure and not seeing failure the way that most people see failure, but seeing failure is where the real lessons in life are. That's one of the biggest keys to mindset to become a successful entrepreneur. And Mark Cuban, who is one of our investors in this company, he wrote a book a while ago, and he said in his book, he said, you only have to be right one time. And that's so important for your entrepreneurs out there. And then not just your entrepreneurs, but anybody that's trying to go big and do something, you know, really important with their life. You only have to be right once. And so what it basically, it's a call to just be resilient and to keep at it and don't fail once and say, Oh, this just isn't for me. I guess I'm not supposed to be a, a doctor or a lawyer or a cop or a fireman or a Navy SEAL. You know, get back out there. Give it another go and, and, fix yourself figure out what you did wrong and figure out how you're going to do it better next time you, you got me all fired up
0: you've got me all motivated and ready to go and tackle the world you're, you're absolutely right i've met so many people that police work for example they didn't get hired by the first couple of departments they applied to but then they went to the third one and they got hired and they found out that was the one they should have been at the entire time their first one was not the right fit form that kept on plugging along good good advice we're taking a short break we're talking with eli crane ceo of bottlebreacher.com and also former navy SEAL. you listen law enforcement today we'll be right back
6: do you need a car been shopping only to be turned down because of bad credit Low credit, no credit, bankruptcy, or divorce? Guess what? Today's your lucky day. Because now you can buy a car, truck, or SUV, just about any vehicle. It's true. Bad credit doesn't matter. No credit doesn't matter bankruptcy or divorce it just doesn't matter as a matter of fact your job is your ticket to your new vehicle we're auto credit express and we've helped thousands of people just like you Antonio H told us great company got me connected and the day I went in I drove off in the car I wanted 100% worth your time need a car get started now and drive off as early as today just go to 3ignoremyscore.com right now that's number 3 ignoremyscorecom auto financing the easy way 3ignoremyscore.com get started today auto financing the easy way
3: remember in the beginning when you first started to build a life for you and your family you never imagined it would come to this instead of living your dreams One simple call is all it takes to get the ball rolling to a debt-free life. Stop living with debt and start living your dreams. Call the Debt Helpline now.
4: 800-948-6817. 800-948-6817. 800-948-6817. That's 800-948-6817.
5: Public safety professionals are regular people that heroically rush forward. Despite the fire or the storm, despite the worst of society and the undeserved contempt, they rush in to save, to protect, to hold our nation together. For more than 50 years, GALS has stood with our troops stationed abroad and with our nation's first responders who serve us here at home every day. GALS, proud to serve America's public safety professionals. Visit Galls.com today.
0: Welcome back to the conversation on law enforcement. Today, we are speaking with Eli Crean, former Navy SEAL, CEO of BottleBreacher.com, as seen on Shark Tank, the television show. And uh, Robert, I understand we're going to be doing some things in the future with Bottle Breacher. I know you can't go into a lot of details, competitive business reasons why. There's still some things that need to be worked out. Can you give a little brief overview of what people are going to expect?
1: We're partnering, we're excited to be partnering with Bottle Breacher. And, uh, I can tell you that we'll be, uh, selling and distributing some of, uh, Eli's products, co-branding it with uh, the Law Enforcement Today logo and, uh, just partnering up to stay in a term that I always like to use with you,
0: like-minded people. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and one of the things that you, Eli talked about, having teammates and selecting teammates, whether in service, whether in police work, or in business, you, you try to get the best people possible and people that are motivated. Eli, you're obviously a very motivated guy, and, I, and from what I understand, your wife Jen is too, otherwise you wouldn't be where you're at now.
2: No, we we, we definitely are pretty motivated individuals, and I'm not... I'm not going to say we've got everything figured out because that's that would be an absolute lie and so far from the truth it it wouldn't be funny. I mean we're learning lessons every day, but at the end of the day we really do want to build an amazing company. And I think some would say we've already done that, but we're by no stretch of the imagination where I want to be. And I think I think that's a similar theme that you'll you'll find with most. Um, successful people is they're the first to point out their weaknesses and where where they can make improvements and just be completely honest about where they are and you know where they want to go
0: people think of bottle breacher as being the 50 caliber bullet bottle opener you also have the frag grenade bottle openers and some of those sort of things but there's a host of other products you're doing you're not just shoehorned into that one category are you
2: no, and it goes right back to what I was talking about earlier with special operations. You gotta stay ahead of your enemy. You can't you can't rest on what you did yesterday. You know, and we we feel the same way at Bottle Breacher. We've come out with really cool barbecue utensils. Um, we have fifty cal fifty cal pens um, that are made right here in the USA. We've got whiskey bullets. Um, we came out with a full line of sports uh bottle openers. This last year we have a baseball, we have a bobber for people that like to fish. We just came out with a football. Uh, we have an eight ball, a gear shifter. We're working on a NASCAR tire right now. Um, we just came out with the 3D Punisher Skull. It's a very limited release. I mean, we're always coming out with something new, and we're going to continue to push the pace. And like we say, we're going to continue to make bottle opening great again.
0: <laughs> <laughs> i never heard that before. <laughs> you got oh, well, you're, welcome. There's, a you're welcome. There's a T-shirt for you, Eli. Yeah, I'll make bottle opening great again. That's incredible. So your business, I'm not going to ask you to brag, but how long has it been in existence and where are you now? Rough estimates.
2: Yeah. So we've been doing this for five years. We did it for two years while I was still in the Navy. So just working on it at nights and weekends. And my wife, you know, was working on, she had another business. So I would say three years full time. And, um, we, we've, we're over the $15 million mark. So, wow, not shabby at
0: all. That's pretty
2: impressive. It's it's been pretty, it's been pretty amazing. But like I said, I don't, I'm not going to rest on what we did yesterday or what we did last year. I'm going to, you know, try and continue to try and tighten things up and, you know, build a better business.
1: Back to the Shark Tank experience. I know Jay doesn't watch it. Uh, I watch it because I consider myself like you, Eli, an entrepreneur. He, he
0: thinks he's like Mark Cuban with the with the dollars. <laughs> you know, let's be honest. Stop. No.
1: So so, what's it like really off camera there, and and what did you learn from that that experience?
2: Well, so what it's like off camera there is, uh, you know, it's. You you go into the set, you know, they have to actually pull down some chains to open those big wooden doors that you see people walk through. It's in a big, it's like in a big warehouse, a big movie studio on Sony picture lots. And it was it was a really surreal experience because most people don't realize this, but just because they fly you out to L.A. doesn't mean you're even going to get on the show. Mm-hmm. You, they fly you out there the first night you do something called pre-pitch and it's where they put you in front of like five or six of their main Directors and producers, and they make an They they kind of want to see if they think you'll make good TV or not. How right. you project? If your evaluation is solid, if it's ridiculous. And keep in mind, they're trying to make a good TV show. They're not trying to make the best business deals. So if you notice, two in the in each episode of Shark Tank, two of the pitches are always failures, and two of them are always successful. And that's because America likes to see the, the failures and the successes. So. Um, It was pretty cool for us because our experience on the show was actually extremely positive. America only saw about eight or nine minutes of it, but my wife and I were in the shark tank for about an hour and 20 minutes. Wow! So we were in there for a really long time, and there wasn't one zinger, one really negative-laced comment, or "This this is horrible, I hate everything about it. None of them acted like that towards us, and I think a lot of it had to do with, our, our service, but also the fact that we knew our numbers, we had a solid product, and they were impressed with what we were doing. Even though Robert actually, uh, Robert went out, I think all of them, you know, showed us a lot of respect, and it was a very positive experience for us.
0: And respect is so important.
1: Right. And, and you know what? Just to be on that show, you had to do your homework. You Obviously, you have That's why your success and one thing that you touched on, but I don't think everybody knows that every product that you made or that you, I'm sorry, that you sell is made in the United States of America.
2: You know, it is. And I'll be honest with you guys, kind of like I was ragging on myself a bit about how I used to. My mentality towards police officers when I was a young knucklehead. My mentality towards made in the USA as I was growing up, it really wasn't that big of a deal to me. I was like, yeah, what a, I really don't care as long as, as long as I'm getting stuff that works. And now that I've taken on the, uh, the challenge of making stuff in the USA, it, it means so much more to me because I see how difficult it is and I see what comes with making that commitment. And it is so hard for us to make stuff here. So much of the time, and a lot of times we're we're not able to do a lot of the things like go into retail locations, like a lot of like a lot of our peers and fellow companies can do because we've made the commitment to manufacture here. And I know that's a choice we make, but it doesn't, you know, there, and it 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 has its upsides upsides too. Like when you can say we were made in the USA, a lot of people really respond well to that. But it is definitely something that you have to look at in how you're going to position yourself and your company. But just to give you an example, we make a wine opener, a 50 cal wine opener. It's called our wine bottle breacher. And uh, just to find somebody that would manufacture that in the United States for a reasonable cost took me nine months. Right. And I was just searching high and low. And it wasn't because there weren't, were people that couldn't do it, that didn't have the machinery to do it. It was because, you know, the few people that had the machinery to do it, they said, you know what, I can, if I'm going to have my machine running, I would much rather my machine be running on an airplane part where I make, you know, five or six times what your little bottle opener makes. And so we finally were able to find somebody that was willing to make it for us, but it just goes to show and made me that much more impressed with when I see companies and on commercials and, online that say hey these are made in the usa products it really impresses me and it really makes me appreciate when our customers choose to you know to support made in the usa companies like us
0: and we we applaud you for that because we know that the profit margins aren't as great uh, like for the retailers so they don't want to take you on there's right. something to be said about putting your neighbor Uh, not literally, but your people in your neighborhood to work where where they can build their own dream. They can, they they can stay productive and they can have a productive lifestyle and, and send their kids to school. And and that's what buying American made is really all about. It's not an anti other countries. It really isn't. It's about, I I care. I care about you being successful. I care about my neighbor being successful because in theory, the rising tide floats all ships in a Harbor equally. So if you do better, I'm going to do better.
2: No, you're right, guys, and that's one thing that I was—I've been wrong on a lot of things in my in my life. I was—I was actually really mistaken on what path my life was going to take when I got out of the military. You know, I—I I thought that I had—I was going to isolate myself, get out of the military, and have a little symptom of the I've done my part bug. And uh, what I realized really quickly was that was impossible. Like I—I I just couldn't do it. And I needed that, I needed that type of fulfillment to know that I was doing something that was bigger than me. And so that's one thing I love about what we do here at Bottle Breacher is when I see people from the local community that can actually come in here, make American products. And go, you know, get a paycheck, go home, support their family members. You know, that means something to me. And not only that, but, you know, when we get it, when we get to work with some of these veteran charities, some of these law enforcement charities, you know, it just, it's, it's so cool. And it's, it's actually my favorite part of what I get to do is just, I love my products and I always will, but the bigger, the bigger picture to me is always, you know about blessing other people and i'm so glad that we get to do that here
0: and by the way folks you can see all the different charities that eli crane and bottlebreacher.com donate to on their website which is bottlebreacher.com and you'll see a lot of their products on our website very very soon that's law enforcement eli crane thanks so very much man we appreciate it
2: hey thanks guys for your service and thanks for having me on the show
0: Eli Crane great guest and if someone wants to come on this show we can accommodate them from
1: anywhere he was calling from uh Tucson, Tucson Arizona. Arizona
0: by the way where it's very hot very and hot. dry I mean your eyeballs dry out immediately getting <laughs> off the plane so, so you want to go back real soon no I don't <laughs> I've dry enough skin and hair as it is now so uh if someone wants to be a guest on the show man just reach out and, and say hello you can do it via our website you can do it via our Facebook page. Send an email to me, jay at com, or robert at com. or a lot
1: of times you'll see Jay and I live on Facebook. Yeah. Hit us up. That's right. Let us know what you're thinking. Ask us questions. And also, if you would want to be a guest on our show, we'd love to have you.
0: By the way, I got a friend request from a police officer who's rather famous just on my personal page. and. That's another way you can reach out to me too. So, uh, we want to hear from you. This show's for you, about you, and it's not just for police and law enforcement. It's for the entire community. On behalf of everyone associated with law enforcement, today I'm John J. Wiley. Till next time, see ya.